0: So tonight, we're going to continue diving to the Word of God, and you know, we've talked about managing uh, our, the, the mandate to management this year, we've talked about uh having our eyes up, we're talking about holding on, right? And so I want to continue to just kind of digest the, the Word uh, of God from 2023, and this week, I kind of want to talk about the first sentence, which it says, hold on to what you've heard this year and be prepared uh, for what is to come. And part of holding on, a part of maintaining means that you're going to have to be able to manage your mindset. It goes in to say, basically, don't be afraid of the thing, of the announcements that will come within the next six months. So, so there are some things That's inside of that word of God that we're responsible for. And I keep going back to that because the word does not simply happen uh, unless a man activates that word with their faith. Faith is God's permission to get involved. So if I never utilize my faith, then God never is going to get involved with that because that's his way of getting involved. So hold on to what you've heard this past year and be prepared to what has come. Right. He says, don't be afraid of the announcements. So how do I hold on and how do I don't how don't I get afraid? You have to manage your mindset. Go ahead and type that. Say, I will manage my mindset. I will manage my mindset. So let's pray against the word. Father God, we thank you for your word. We thank you that it's designed to grow us up. It's designed to bring out your character within us. It's designed to make us alive in the world. And we thank you that tonight as we hear your word, God, will forever be changed. We'll become more like you in all that we do. We'll draw man to, into the kingdom because of the love that we show to them. We thank you, Lord, that we show your fruit in this earth and that we are not distracted by our own Agendas, we're not distracted by comparison, we're not distracted by the enemy or anything like that. Father, we thank you that our mind is managed because we allow the Holy Spirit to cause your love to be shared abroad in our heart. And we understand that your yes is important and your no is important, and that we trust you in all things. So we thank you for that now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I will manage my mindset. So today, I want to talk to you about managing your mindset and how important. It is to the overall well-being of our lives. One of the most important, powerful tools that we have as a human being is our mind. It's the thing that separates us from all the other things on the earth. We have the power of choice. We have the ability to both think and reason. Our thoughts can shape our reality and our perceptions of the world around us. You can have somebody who suffers from mental uh, health disease that that has that can imagine that there being, I remember I had a, I work in schools and I had a kid that suffered from psychosis and he imagined that there are people trying to kill him and his family. And it wasn't real in our reality that we could see, but to him it was real because real, because the bot. your mind has the ability to perceive things and create a world around you and though it may not be reality manifested on earth in tangible form it could be so real to you that it produced the same fear, the same anxiety, the same mental heartache and all those things as if it was something tangible in the earth it says our mind plays a crucial role in shaping our lives however the power of the mind is also a double edged sword so as thoughts can also hold us back, it can cause us to experience negative emotions. So the same way that God has given us a mind to think, to choose, to operate in faith, if we're not careful with our thoughts, then our mind could work against us to pull us away from kingdom things. Though that's not the intent of God, that becomes the intent because your mind itself is a blank slate. And so what I have to do, then I have to fill my mind with the things needed in order to produce the outcome that I desire. The Bible has much to say about the importance of managing our mindsets. God is far more concerned, hear this, God is far more concerned about changing our mind than he is about changing our circumstances. God is far more concerned about changing our mind than He is about changing our circumstances. And so many times, people get mad at God because God didn't show up, or God didn't do this, or God didn't do that that they felt like should happen. When God, this whole time, was trying to get you to change your mindset, because in changing your mindset, then your circumstances change. He, uh, God, understands that a changed mind changes circumstances. A changed mind. Changes circumstances, but a changed circumstance with no mind change leads back to the same reality. And the example of that I could provide for you is this you could picture a changed mind much like a caterpillar going through metamorphosis. So, when a caterpillar goes through metamorphosis, it goes within the cocoon, it stays there for a period of time, and when it comes out, it's a butterfly. And so, that changed mind produces a different outcome and that's no going back so when i'm saying change mind i'm talking about fully persuaded i'm talking about like abraham when he considered not the deadness of sarah's womb that's what i'm talking about when i'm saying they changed mind it's no going back it's like setting it's like in my house right now i think the thermostat may be at 70 well it's gonna stay at 70 until i change it and so if i say hey google and and I tell it to set the thermostat to something. When I changed it, it's no going back because that's what a changed mind looks like. But when you only change circumstances, all right, you get back the same reality that you had before the circumstance was changed. Here's your example of this. Imagine yourself in the kitchen and you throw a stick of butter in the uh, on a skillet and you let that stick of butter heat up, it changes form. The circumstances changes the form of the butter. But the moment you stop applying heat, what happens to the butter? It goes back to the original solid state it was in. Why? Because it wasn't a changed mind, it was a changed circumstance. The heat caused it to change, but as moment the heat was gone, then it went back to its original state. And see, a lot of us have used the word much like fire to that butter. We come in, we try to grab the word to change the situation, and then we get the result we want, and then we just run back to our old original state of of thinking. You really didn't have a changed mind. You tried to use God. You tried to use the church. You tried to pimp the pastor. Whatever you want to call it, that's what occurred. And you keep finding yourself Going back to the same reality simply because your mindset has not changed. You're not managing your mind. All right. You just had a circumstance change. You just had a little heat. You just had a little something. But if you didn't change your mind, if you weren't converted, then you were not made new. That's what it says in 2 Corinthians 5 and 17. It says, therefore, with any man being Christ, what is it? He's a new creature, right? Old things are passed away, behold, all things are become new. So when I changed my mind, when I decided to allow Jesus to be Lord, when I when I was converted from from being a to going to hell and to heaven, to being saved, set free, and redeemed, then I am a new creature. Why? Because my changed mind, much like the butterfly example, from caterpillar to butterfly, it gave me the ability to become something new. So any time I manage my mindset, it doesn't matter what the situation looks like today. A changed mindset can produce a new outcome. It doesn't matter if you're broke. It doesn't matter if you're poor. It doesn't matter if your marriage is on the rocks. It doesn't matter if your job is on, on whatever is happening. If you change your mindset to align with the kingdom the bible says therefore any mind be in christ so if my mind aligns with the kingdom then all things become new i have different outcome why because my mindset aligns with the kingdom it says the mind is important to god all right the mind is important to god because he understands it is the birthplace for manifestation say my mind is the birthplace for manifestation. Nothing happens without a thought first. Nothing happens without a thought first. My mind is important to God because he understands it's the birthplace for manifestation. That's why he tells us, to renew our minds. That's why he tells us to meditate on the word both day and night. That's why he tells us that we need to study to show ourselves approved. He's telling us that because he understands that the real the real war is not waged in the earth. It, it takes place in our minds. So if I can manage. My mindset, if I can control the war that occurs in my head, then everything else can come out the way I desire. But battles are won and lost in your mindset. It says the mind is important to God because he understands, once again, it's the birthplace for manifestation. Here's two truths that you got to understand. If you don't think it, it doesn't happen. If you don't think it, it doesn't happen. Think about today. What did you do today that you didn't think about first? Did you get dressed? Did you check your phone? Did you cook? What did you do today that you didn't think about? Even if you cussed somebody out today, you thought about it. When they cut you off in the road when you was trying to trying to get to their place, or they threw your change back or your debit card back, or somebody at work did something, nothing happened. You didn't cuss nobody out and you didn't sow no seed until you thought about it. So if you don't think about it, it doesn't happen. Number two, the second truth is this. Your mind is a battleground for good or sin. Your mind is a battleground for good or sin. And and, and Paul tells us that in the book of Romans. He says, so I find find that as a rule, when I want to do what's good, evil is right there with me. He says, I gladly agree with the law on the inside. He says, I agree with the law, but I see different law at work in my body. What does it do? It wages a war against the law what? My mind. Your mind, managing your mindset. And it says, and takes me prisoner with the law of sin that's in my body. So if I want to win this war, it's going to be won because I managed my mindset, because I won the battle, uh, the war in my mind. And so that's what I want to make sure that we talk about tonight as we say, hey, we got to hold on. As we say, hey, Don't be in fear as you hear these announcements over the six months. We gotta be able to manage our mindsets. When things come that take us off guard, we gotta manage our mindset. When when unexpected things occur, I gotta manage my mindset. And you don't start managing your mindset in the midst of crisis. You manage your mind. You start practicing managing your mindset right now. When your bank account is good, right now. When your health is good, right now. When your marriage is good, it's not time to slack in your time you spend with the word. So that. In in the off season, when you may not have the trials and as many tribulations, and you may not have received a sucker punch or unexpected news, right now is the best time to be preparing for what we may hear in the next six months. Right now is the best time to be spending time Focusing on the word of God and de- de- developing deep roots and understanding. Right right now is the time to develop those throne room realities and see myself co-seated with Christ. Understanding that his sacrifice on the cross paid for all of my sin. Right now is the time to understand that there is therefore no condemnation. So the enemy can't talk to me about things I've done in the past. The enemy can't talk to me about how I don't qualify. The enemy can't talk to me about how I ain't good enough. Jesus was good enough, so so am I, because I'm co-seated with him. Jesus was enough. So I got to get that down in my mind now, so that when the enemy introduces things, I'm able to walk through the the mindset management process so that I will win the war, and I will not succumb to the sin of my body. It says, but the thing we got to understand is the same way God wants our mind, Satan desires it as well, right? So God knows the mind is important. So he tells us to do all these things with our mind, but that's where Satan's playground is as well. If you let him play, it says, whomever we allow to occupy the most space in our mind, that's who's going to win the battle. All right. Here's the scripture for that. Proverbs 23 and 7, for as he thinks, where? Where? in his heart. And that word heart isn't talking about the physical organ. It's talking it's talking about our mind. Our, our, our that's what that's what it's talking about. For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. Our thoughts are going to shape our actions and our habits, and eventually it's going to cause, create our character. So whatever character you're known by now, whether that's a thief or a person of integrity, whether that's somebody who who operates with excellence or that's somebody who's mediocre, whether that's you're dependable or you're not dependable, whatever your character is today, it is a byproduct of the thoughts that you have managed in your mind. Your thoughts shape your actions, your actions, your habits your habits your character so when you leave your mind unmanaged it allows negative thoughts to take root and those negative thoughts will create negative actions negative actions create negative habits negative habits create negative character and so if you got a character issue then that character issue started with a mindset if you're always attracting the wrong man that wrong man starts with a mindset. You're attracting somewhere. You're attract. Your picker broken. You need to. You need to bring them around more people or women, right? If you always taking the wrong job, uh, or if you always stand on a job too long, all of those are things dealing with your character. And so what we got to do is manage our mindset because I ain't just, I ain't talking about big sin. I'm talking about being in a place God not told told you not to be in, but your, but your mindset holds you there like an anchor. Well, if I don't leave, then this won't happen. Or I don't know. My mama stayed here. My daddy stayed here. My everybody stayed here. That anchor to not move is a mindset. Right? That's a mindset. You're fixed there. And you sometimes you gotta ask yourself, why do, and we'll get to it in a minute, why do I think the way I do? Why is this why is this here? Why don't I feel like I can move out this city? Why don't I feel like I can leave this church when I know it's not giving me the word I need? Why don't why do I feel so connected to FLC, but I feel like I can't move over there? I can't attend church there. Why do I feel that that? Why do I feel that I can't drive from Little Rock to Fayetteville to go to church once a month? What is it? What's this thought when I've driven for vacation, when I've driven for a concert, when I've driven for a step show, when I've driven to pick up a friend, when I've driven that far just for a weekend or go to a club? See, that's a mindset that minimizes the word but maximizes entertainment. It's a mindset that says that I will drive five hours to Dallas to catch a flight to go to, or to go to a concert, but then I can't drive two and a half hours to Northwest Arkansas for church. Because your mindset says that it's more important to or more pleasurable to be excited and entertained than it is to get the word of God. And so you got to deal with your mind and that's the purpose of the five-fold ministry that's the purpose of pastor edwin and pastor sean that's the purpose of Chandra and, and pastor Nitra and pastor chris and, and brothers and elders in the ministry it's designed to help us see the blind spots in our own life and to call us out on it but immaturity never likes to be addressed and that's yet another mindset that causes the believers not to be able to experience the goodness that God has for us because our immature mindset says that we don't like correction. Our immature mindset says that I'm grown like Pastor Edwin grown. He's 50, 51 now. I'm about to be 40. He ain't enough to be my daddy. Maybe a big brother. I don't got to listen to him because your mindsets, your mindset, if you're not careful, will always regulate uh, the man and woman of God to a point When you don't want to hear what they got to say, then they're no longer in that position. Your mind brings them down to your equal. But when they're talking about wealth and uh, millions, when they're talking about healthy marriages, when they're talking about healing, oh, now they're your pastor. But see, that's just immaturity. And immaturity is a mindset. It's the enemy's playground to keep you from receiving from God. Because, I mean, let me move on. Because, yeah, let me move on. So anyway, Proverbs 23 and 7 for us, he thinks in his heart, so is he. Our thoughts shape our actions, habits, and eventually our character. You have to think positively on purpose. Thinking positive, it does not happen by accident. Thinking positive doesn't happen by accident. Let's go to Philippians 4 and 8. It says, we are told, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. So the Bible tells us that we have to choose. We have to set our mind. We got to manage our thoughts to think about those things which are true. I got to think about, I got a purpose in my heart to think about those things that are noble. See, see, I think it's Pastor Sheridan, Pastor Edwin, uh, or somebody else was listening to. See, some people... You can't see because of the stuff they do. Uh, I got some family members. I'll talk about me, so I won't talk about y'all. I got some family members, and I know they like the loan to God. I know that they are saved, set free. I know that that I pray for them. I I fast for them. I do things for them. But when you look at their actions, in in reality, you want to say what you see. But you got to be careful about letting your emotions and letting your five your your senses be what causes you to respond in the earth. I got to say what the word says. So I know they out there doing drugs, but I did for goal. What's the goal what, that they're saved and set free? What's the goal that they're delivered? What's the goal that they're not addicted to to, to drugs? What's the goal that they they belong to God and they're in their right mind? That's the goal. And so sometimes when you when you set your mindset to think positively, you really you're saying what God has said. That's digging for the goal. I'm digging for the goal because I want to see what God has said concerning my family. I want to see what God has said concerning the individual. So I can't see, say what I see. So I gotta capture that thought that says that they're a drug addict right? We'll get to that in a minute. Because uh, re- what happens is you see something and you receive information. And a thought comes to mind, man, you see them doing drugs and a thought comes to mind, they're a drug addict. So you receive information. Then you got to analyze that information methodically and in detail. So now that I received, the thought that I see, I know what the Lord has said about them. The Lord said that he will see that they're saved, set free, and delivered, and that their soul, their mind, their will, their emotions, their imagination, their intellect, their, their body, it all belongs to the kingdom. So I can't say what I see with my eyes. But my brain is processing the information because I'm receiving it. So then I gotta analyze it in detail to determine does this line up with what the word says, or is this word this line up with what the world does? And when I'm analyzing it after anal- anal- analysis, then I gotta determine whether I'm going to accept or reject the thought. So I'm not gonna accept the fact that my family member's a drug dealer, or I'm going to reject that. Thought. You got to make that choice. That's part three. And I'll go over in a second. And then after you've done it, you got to replace or you got to replay. All right. You got to replace or you got to replay that. And those are going to be some steps of the thought process in order for us to manage our mindset. So, like I said, godly thinking doesn't just happen by accident. No boy that's standing in a car has made you a garage, right? How many of you guys have stood in your garage before? I mean, standing in a garage makes you a car. I mean, you don't become a car just because you stand in a garage. Your, Your hand doesn't become an envelope because you stick it in the mailbox. Being somewhere doesn't make you that item, no more than coming to church and sitting there makes you saved. Or being on this live tonight makes you a believer. If you're not acting out the word of God and exercising faith, nothing changes in your life. You must focus your thoughts on positive and uplifting things rather than dwelling on the negative or harmful thoughts. Wherever your mind is, your body will follow and your life will tag along. Wherever your mind is, and, and that's 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 what I have to tell myself. Ralph, wherever your mind is. Your body will follow and your life will tag alone. So that means that if I have a mindset that I don't qualify for something, then your body will begin to cause you to believe that you don't, you don't receive this. This ain't for you. And your life will tag alone. You'll never make the six digits that Pastor Edwin said that we can make. Why? Because wherever my mindset is, my body's going to follow and my life's going to tag along. My life is going to follow whatever my most dominant thoughts are. So I got to be very careful how I'm managing my mindset during this time so that I can be, begin to see what God has said. All right. right, Second Corinthians 10 to 5 says it this way. It says, we demolish arguments and every potent pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. So wherever my mind is, my body follows in my life tags alone. So if I want my, you got to determine where you want your life to be. And once you know where you want your life to be, then you, you work as in like, and in, uh, re- I forgot reverse orchest- uh, architect that's reverse build it. I forgot what the fancy term is. But anyway, you know that God says, I know the life that I have uh, for you. And you know, he wants to have a good life, a life of prosperity, a life of abundance, a life of peace. That's the life that he wants for us to have. And so what I got to do is, okay, if that's the life he wants us to have, What mindset do I need to have to accomplish that life? And so it's our job to capture every, reverse engineer, thank you, Latonya, it is our job to capture every thought and then make it obedient to Christ. So when I get a thought, and we're about to talk about the thought process in a second, when I get a thought that's contrary to, when I receive a thought that's contrary to the the kingdom of God. I analyze it, thought. I, re, I accept or reject it, and then I either replace or replay it. And so those are the things I got to do. And the Bible tells us that's our job. Our job is to take captive. It's our job to take captive. It says, put that scripture back up there for me, Second Corinthians 10 and 5. It says, we demolish. It didn't say God demolished. We demolish. That's you and I every pretension that sets itself against the knowledge of God. So it's our job to demolish arguments. It's our job to take captive every thought and make it bow or make it obedient to Christ. So think about it like this. Think about your mind is much like an air traffic control tower. It's observing all the planes, every thought that's coming through. Think of it as a plane and it's, and the job of that tower is to make sure that every plane, plane reaches its designated location safely, right? It achieves what it wants to do safely. So your mind is much like an air traffic controller. And what you got to do is anytime the air traffic controller can analyze and do many different things at many different places, this is controlling hundreds of planes at a time. And anytime a plane gets off route, What it does is speaks to that plane and brings it in obedience to the plan that the traffic control tower has for it. So as a believer, our job is to use the Holy Spirit as our air traffic control tower. It sees everything. It knows everything. And any thought that enters our life and Holy Spirit says that doesn't line up with the word is then our job. To bring that thought into obedience of Christ, or bring it into alignment with Christ, so the you get a fleeting thought that says you're broke. Well, as judge the Holy Spirit, the Bible said. The, 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 the word says that I'm blessed beyond favor. The word says that I, I have more than enough. The word says that he'll open up the windows of heaven. The word says that men are pouring to my bosom, right? If you'll give her and a tither. That's what the word says. So where is this word coming to me that I'm broke, that I don't have enough? It's the enemy trying to play in the playground of your mindset. And so once you receive that word, then... It comes to you. You don't always get to control what comes to your mind, but you do get to control what comes to your mind, right? So if I start playing a R. Kelly song. Well, R. Kelly ain't a good example now because we don't removed him from my playlist for the most part. But if I start playing a, 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 a love making song, all right? And if you marry, even if you ain't married, you may have some thoughts that come to your mind. Right? If I start giving you images of ice cream, or brownies, or your favorite cake, or, or, or running to my local, uh, I say, my, I don't go there really, not for me personally, and getting uh, uh, ice cream with hot fudge, and brownies, and Oreos, or for my boy said, he like peanut butter, right? All of that begins to create an image. And you don't all, why? Because based on your input, you do get to control what you receive. You know why I don't think about smoking cigarettes? Anybody know why? First of all, a lot of people stop thinking about smoking cigarettes when they took them Joe Camel commercials off TV, right? A lot of people stop talk, think because why? You controlling your input. So a lot of times you you think broke because your input is broke. What you align to be in your environment, the things you're listening to. A lot of times you're afraid because you out there watching scary movies. I mean, some of the basics, you do get to control your input. So, But sometimes you get that fleeting thought like you're going to be broke or you're going to die. And that you don't have control of, but you got to guard your heart, all right? You gotta guard your heart, control your input. Don't if you're single, don't be listening to songs about making love and having sex and, and all of that. Don't be watching so, shows where all the time, when you every time you turn a show on, somebody uh in the bed with somebody else. That ain't helping your thought process. You can control some of your input. And so we're gonna manage our mindset then part of managing my mindset is being in control of what i allow exactly what pastor Nitra just said what comes in and out of my ear and my eye gate right that's my job so once i have received that information right i got to analyze it i got to examine it examine it and see if it lines up with the word the other thing i'm examining when i get a word uh, a thought is what's the source well if if it if it makes you sad it's not from god if it makes you uh fearful, it's not you gotta examine the source after I've analyzed that. Then I gotta choose at this point am I going to accept this thought or I'm going to reject the thought. And entertaining a thought is acceptance. So, because think about it when Jesus was, was tempted after the 40 days, he didn't entertain anything that the enemy said, He immediately uh refuted the enemy with the word. So you can't entertain a thought. The fact that you entertain it, then it's it's contrary to kingdom culture. It means that you're beginning to accept something. You never entertain anything that's no, not an option. I don't entertain, all right? I don't entertain leaving my family. If somebody said, we got a job that pays a million dollars, but you got to go to uh, Africa and live for a year. I don't gotta entertain that. Well, I, I may call April, but you know, but uh, but you know, there's things that I don't I don't entertain. There, I don't entertain uh if I'm gonna leave my wife for another woman. I don't entertain as as, as a person on my health life eating a whole cake. I don't entertain whether I'm gonna steal money for my job. I don't entertain those things. Why? Because they don't line up with the word. Entertaining is a way of acceptance. If the enemy can get you to ponder, then he can capture you. So some of the things is when you get that text at night, part of managing your mindset is don't reply. What you're doing? I already knew it. Don't reply. Let me block him. Let me block him for now or let me block her for now. And then we can I unblock. And I, I've done this with folks before. I blocked them, and I'm like, hey, hey, Google, remind me to unblock such and such tomorrow at 3 p.m. Why? Because you've got to manage your own mindset. And part of managing your mindset, when we talk about the steps, um, when we talk about the steps to managing your mindset, one of the first things you got to do is recognize your own triggers. All right. So you got to recognize your weaknesses. All right. So anyway, and then number four, you got to replace or replay. So if it's something that doesn't line up with the word of God, then I got to replace that thought. I got to replace all negative thoughts with positive thoughts. I got to choose to take that thought captive. I got to choose to bury it away. And then what do I bury it with? I bury it with what God has said about me. So if you get a, a, a report from the doctor, if you get a report from your job, if you get an unexpected bill in the mail, no matter what it is, if it doesn't line up with the word of God, I replace that thought with what the word says about the situation. And that if it is a thought that lines up with the word of God, number four is replay. So you're either replacing it or you're replaying it. So what, so the, I get a thought like, oh, man, the word says I'm wealthy. The word says I'm whole. The word says I'm healed. I replace that. I replay that over and over in my mind until it becomes what we talk about in Romans 12 and 2, where he says, do not conform to this pattern of world, but be transformed out by the renewing of your mind. How do I renew my mind? I replay what the word has said about me. It says, then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is is good pleasure pleasing and perfect will so as i replay over and over the word of god my mind is renewed my mindset is changed then therefore my mindset changed my act my words change my words change and my actions change right my thoughts change my words change my actions change my habits change then my, my character changed. And then everything around me, my culture is changing. Why? My way of life is changing. But all of that started with me renewing my word. All that started with me with replaying replacing the word. All that started with me replacing the word. Every thought you get, no thought you receive is a neutral thought. Every thought you get is either building you up or it's tearing you down. There is no such thing as a neutral thought. There's no such thing as a neutral thought. And you got to be able to judge every thought. And there are good thoughts, right? But they're not good for your life. Like It's a good thought to go and give people money. But if the Lord didn't tell you to do it, then you got to take that thought captive. There's no neutral thought. And so you got to always be hearing God in order to be able to do what God says. There are no neutral thoughts. They're either building you up or they're tearing you down. Thoughts are building blocks. Or thoughts, are, thoughts can be building blocks or thoughts can be sledgehammers. But they're going to be one or the other. They're either going to produce a nice building, and outcome, or they're going to destroy some stuff. And depending on how you analyze those thoughts and what you do with them, then that's what's determined in your life. But here's a great thing about God. No matter where we find ourselves, if you use your mindset to tear you down, baby it does not matter where you find yourself at today, you don't have to be stuck you don't you don't have to stay stuck why Because transformation is possible all right so let's run through these uh through some things that um I, some questions that I have that you can use to examine your own thoughts, all right? Some guiding questions to managing your mind. Is this making sense, Having anybody? Uh, Some thoughts to managing your mindset, all right? First of all, all right, first of all, where would these thoughts lead me? All right, I want to help us be able to see everything God has said this year. I want to see everything God has said this year. I want to be able to, to look at God and talk to God at the end of the year and him to be able to say, son, I'm pleased with you because you did everything I needed you to do. But we can't do everything God needs us to do unless we have the right mindset. So number one, where will these thoughts lead me? So as you get a thought and you're pondering on a thought, ask yourself, where will this thought lead me? Will this thought build me up? Or will this thought turn me down? Because every thought has a destination to manifest. Every thought has a destination to manifest. When God thought about light and said, "There, let there be light, what happened? Light showed up. Why? Because every thought has a destination to manifest. I mean, when you was uh, in college and you got that text or you got that call or, 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 or if you back in the day and they didn't have phones and you you told somebody that you was going to meet them and they called you on the rotary phone as you dialed the button, right? You had a thought, right? But you didn't take, you received a thought, you analyzed that thought, right? Once you analyze that thought, you either accepted or rejected it. And my, a lot of times through analysis, you know it's wrong, but because you ain't spent time building up your spirit, man, you end up accepting something that doesn't line up with the kingdom. And so you got to ask yourself, as you go through life, as you're living out 2023, if I continue thinking this thought right here, where will it lead me? Where will it lead me? The second question you got to ask yourself, all right? Do I know where I even want to go? It ain't nothing worse than not having a goal or a destination in mind. Because when you don't have a goal or a destination in mind, then you don't even know, number one, doesn't matter. It don't matter where I go. And that's, what I, that's, wrong, that's what's wrong with a lot of our youth today. A lot of our youth, are, 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 are they're lost, they're aimless. They don't have any destination. They don't have any, what do you want to do? I don't know. Where do you want to be? I don't know. Like, like where do you see yourself in five years? I don't know. Because you don't have a destination, then you don't got to make fixed, determined thoughts and actions to get there. When I go on vacation for spring break, I already know the route I'm taking to get there. You know why? Because I know where I'm going. When you don't know where you're going, you don't make choices that line you up with getting to where you're going. So where will these thoughts lead me, right? Do I know where I want to go? Because if you don't know where you want to go, you're going to make poor thoughts. Every day, seven days a week, 24 hours a day, you're going to probably make poor thoughts because you don't know where you want to go. Some of you just need to want to go to sanctification. Lord, I want to go to sanctification. I want to be saved. I want to be set free. I want to be delivered. I want to be holy. I want to go to holiness, God. That's a good place to reside. I reside in holiness. I reside in sanctification. That needs to be a place for you, not a place because you want it to be. It's a place because well, a place because you want to be, but it's a place that you've been called to. You've been called the righteousness of God. That's a destination from you. So when the condemnation comes to you, this where would this thought leave me, Ralph? You know you done messed up. You know you screwed up in the past. Okay, if I keep thinking about that. Where would that lead me? That's gonna lead me to sadness. It's gonna relieve me probably to feeling disqualified from God. Do that, does that does that line me up with where I want to go? No, I want to go to righteousness. So if I wanna to go to righteousness, I gotta get rid of the thoughts that I'm not worthy. How do I do that? I look at the scripture where Christ says that He has paid for all of my sin. And I, I don't I don't owe anybody for that. So I let Christ become the Christ become the payment of all of my sin. I receive the joy that he has provided for me, and I take his payment of sin for my and his life for my receipt. I don't owe the enemy nothing, and I see myself co-raised with Christ so that I can receive everything that I have for him. That's how I see myself righteous. But you got to ask yourself, what will these thoughts lead me, number one? Do I know where I want to go, number two? Will these thoughts get me where I want to go? We kind of talked about. But you got to be really careful here and ask yourself, am I disqualifying myself because of a lack of skills? Am I disqualifying myself because I don't got enough degrees? Am I disqualifying myself because I don't feel worthy? Am I disqualifying myself? Because you got to ask yourself, are the thoughts I'm having getting me where I want to go because I mean, you apply for a job. You're like, well, they asked for this. Well, who going to pay me $100,000? Who going to pay me $200,000? Ain't nobody in my family ever made that much. You got to begin to ask yourself, am I having disqualifying thoughts that cause me not to get to my destination? All right. Number four, are these thoughts scripturally acceptable? Are the thoughts I'm having scripturally acceptable? You do not have to watch or listen to anything you know isn't right. Say, law Saints, you, you don't got to listen to the music. You don't got to look at, at at the TV show. You're like, well, I don't watch porn no more, but the TV shows you choose have just as much sex in it with Jane showing all the uh, genitals. So you, you're scared in the line. You're like, well, I don't watch porn. I'm delivered. But everything you do is so close to the line. But you, here's the thing: Is it scripturally acceptable? Is that good for your life? And see, it's so. And, and I, I should have changed that. Is it? Is it? Are these thoughts scripturally acceptable or line up with God's plan for your life? Because what may be acceptable for Pastor Chris to do may not be acceptable for me to do. Like. If God's talked about manifesting healing, he may tell Chris to drink water. He may tell me to exercise and work out 30 minutes a day. He may tell you to, to fast. He may tell somebody else to do something else. So I got to ask myself, do these thoughts line up with the word or the, wor- the, wor- the written or spoken word of God? Number five, will these thoughts build me up or turn me down? We already talked about that. There are no neutral thoughts. All right, there are no neutral thoughts. Once again, what are we doing? We're going over the guiding questions to manage my mind. Number one was where would these thoughts lead me? Number two, do I know where I want to go? Number three, will these thoughts get me there? Number four, are these thoughts scripturally based? Number five, will these thoughts build me up or tear me down? And number six, could I share these thoughts with somebody else? If you just paused, how many things could you not have done that was ungodly if you would just pause on number six? You know, before you cheated, before you stole, before you did the drugs, before you did this, could you share these thoughts? Could I call up my pastor and share the thought that I was having with my pastor? If the answer is no, then most likely... Can I share this with an elder? Can I share this with one of my sisters who I know live for the Lord? Not that sister who you know that say they love the Lord but they sleep with everybody. Not the sister you say love the Lord and she told you that God told her to stop shopping but she's still shopping. Not that sister. Can I call a person of accountability and share these thoughts with and they still Can I do that? Because if you think about it, a lot of things that we do that's not the right thing to do, we don't do publicly. So ask yourself and managing your mindset, can I share these thoughts with somebody else? And then number seven, and this is one that you gotta really spend time in, where did this thought originate? Like, and and, and that's the question I'm asking myself at now. Where did this thought, even when you think about the concept of love, right? Like I had a grandma who loved herself literally, literally to death. My mama loved herself literally, literally to death, literally uh, to death. And that's a concept of love, but that's not the love of God. And if you're not careful, your thoughts will begin to have you loving in a way that you've seen other people love, even though it's contrary to what the kingdom love looks like. And so you'll find yourself giving your money away, giving your time away, giving your energy and your mind away, giving your, your, your energy away. You'll find yourself depleted because of love you saw growing up said that you gave everybody anything that you have. You will find yourself having savings that's depleted because every time a family member or somebody close to you call you, you always feel like you need to give because in your mind, it originated. And the way that you saw money flow in and out of your house and the way love was shown was that anytime I had something and somebody dear to me needed something, then I had to take that and give to them. And so because that's the way that you see love and people utilize that to make you feel bad. Well, you know, you and April make all that money. You, you know, y'all got extra. And one time I told somebody, I was like, hey, look, you do know at that time I pay 14, $1, dollars $1,500 in daycare. You do know I have a nice mar- mortgage. You do know, I like this, like, whoo, I didn't know you paid all that money. You never asked. Because every time you call me, all you was doing was thinking about yourself. But when we have thoughts, we got to figure out where they're originating from. Your concept of money how you saw money spent, how you saw money flowing in and out of your life. Because you can have a job making $100,000 a year, but if you're not careful, your thoughts are have you spending $105,000 a year, $125,000 a year. Why? Because your mindset concerning money hasn't changed. Though you're making more money, you're still spending more than you're making. You're always wondering why you can't get ahead. It's not, and it doesn't matter if you make a million because now you're going to spend 1.5 because you got to think about where these thoughts originate. why am i doing what i'm doing why am i acting the way i'm acting why do i feel like i always got a man because you don't have a whole concept of what it means to be single you don't need a man to be whole you don't need a woman to be whole you don't need a want to be married to be whole you a complete person all by yourself you don't need nobody else but if your concept is that you got to have somebody to feel whole, and that's what that's what your mama has done. That's what your dad. I mean, that's what that's what you've seen. Because here's the thing that we got to understand is that we cor- correlation is a is not a reason for causation. Like, and, and here's the example I give you: a rooster crows in the morning, and the sun rises in the morning. They are correlated, but the rooster crowing does not make the sun rise. Y'all understand that makes sense? They just correlated. They connected. They happened near the same time. But that one doesn't. I mean, that doesn't make that happen. And so what you gotta understand is being single and being married. Being married doesn't make you cause you to be whole. You can be whole right now. There. I mean, there's that, not the correlation is not the causation. They don't. That doesn't make you complete. You are complete in your singleness. If you're single right now, you should just say that. I'm complete in my singleness. I am a whole person all by myself. If I never have anybody, I'm still going to see the goodness of the Lord. I don't need anybody else. Success is not determined about being married. Now, does it happen sometimes? Yeah, because a marriage is a team. April grows me up, I grow her up. Pastor Strick grow Pastor Sean up, Pastor Sean grow Strick up. I mean, Chris grow Valley up, Valley grow Strick up. It's just a team, right? You can team up with the Holy Spirit. And he can get you there, but you can't be correlating information thinking it's going to cause you to become one way when there's no actual connection between the two. And being married won't make you any better than being single. It just won't. Concept of sacrifice. I don't got to sacrifice everything. So you're asking yourself, where did these thoughts originate? All right. So that's the process that we got to go through when we're questioning our thoughts. Where did the thought, where would these thoughts lead me? Do I know where I want to go? Will these thoughts get me to where I want to go? Are these thoughts biblically sound? Are these thoughts aligning with the word of God for my life? Number five, will these thoughts build me up or will they turn me down? Because understand there are no neutral thoughts. And could I share these thoughts with someone else? If you can't share the thought, and number six, if you can't share the thought with somebody else that's a God-fearing, Holy Ghost-filled, sanctified, holy living person. I ain't talking about them friends who go to church and do whatever they want. I'm talking about those that live the Lord, if you can't share the thoughts with them, then you got to ask yourself, is this a mindset I need to keep? Is this a thought I need to do what? Step three, you remember what step three was? Do I need to accept this or do I need to reject that? And if you can't do number six, number six, almost by default, if I can't share it with somebody else, it's a rejection and I need to do replacement. I need to replace that thought with something else. All right. Then number seven. Where did these thoughts originate? And one of the things that originate before I move on is that the concept of commitment. Right. If you're not careful, you'll you'll let your, you'll let excellence you'll let a bunch of things convince you to be more concerned about somebody else's vision than you are about the one God has given you. You you will make. You will make something important when god has told you to do something else uh, i was having a, past, a uh a conversation with pastor Sean actually she told me this at the fire conference and it's it's crazy because i've been thinking about it now it's not crazy it's just it's the word of god uh now and she's like ralph you can't love another you can't love another man's business so much you can't care so much because you're not the final decision maker. And so when you understand your concept of commitment, you got to be understanding, you got to ask yourself why, where did this thought come from? Where did this origination of this thought? Why do I care so much? And it's not that you're not designed to care you, because you are. But that, des- that desire to care oftentimes can be misconstrued or misdirected towards something that's not God for you. And so if you're not careful, you'll play it safe and you'll be so committed. You'll use the passion God has given you in your heart to love something. You'll love something that he has not called to be your own. You'll stay on a job too long. You'll stay in a relationship too long. You'll stay committed to, to this or that too long. You'll use comparison. Comparison is the way the enemy uses our mind to derail out God's plan for us. Because if all I do is compare myself to Pastor Edwin, and, and I'm not designed to be Pastor Edwin, and I'm not equipped to be Pastor Edwin, and God is not giving me the skills, the talents, the abilities that He's giving Pastor Edwin, then the, the enemy is going to use my thoughts to derail God's plan by getting me to uh, by playing on the playground of my mind with the uh, comparison. And so that's why it's so important. That we control these thoughts and that we focus on God because when we focus on God, then God is never comparing us to anybody else. All God is comparing us to is the word and the plan that He has for our life. He's encouraging us, hey, Everett, come on, son, I got more for you. I know you thought this was it, but buddy, I got more for you. Hey, said I know you thought that business was doing well, but hey, I, I got more for you. I got bigger and bigger, you know. I got I got greater and greater. He said, "I got gooder and gooder, but if all I'm doing is comparing myself, comparing myself to somebody else, this is the opposite of comparison. You either feel, you either feel bad because you're not as great, or you could feel good because you're better." And if you're not careful, if you're the one that makes the most money, if you're the one that has a better job, if you're the one in your family that has X, Y, and Z and nobody else does, then what the enemy does in the the playground of your mind, he gets you to compare. And so now he's like, oh, yeah, you making six digits. Nobody else in your family made six digits. And you begin to get comfortable. You get a mindset where your thermostat is no longer moving up. And so now you're comfortable. And though the enemy didn't stop you from having more, he derailed you from having the most. And the enemy will be satisfied with you having something as long as you don't have it all. And we got to understand the tactic of the enemy for us to, be, to settle with something, but not with all. Go ahead and type that. Say, I will not settle for something. I want it all. I will not settle for something, but I want it all. Why? Because I got to make sure that my destination is determined by God and not by me. So after you reach the six-digit salary mark, that, that's cool. God, where do you want me next? So I can't get sad. Sati- I'm grateful, but I can't get satisfied with that. And I can't compare and be okay because people around me don't make that. Or I make more than such. So that doesn't matter. Am I Doing what God wants me to do. That's why we always got to bring our thoughts back to the point where is this biblical or not? All right. So, real quick, let me give you five things to. five steps to manage your mind so how ralph how do you talk to me all right about the process of thinking you know I, I, you receive a thought you analyze a thought you accept or you reject it and then you got to replace or replay it right and then we'll walk through some guiding questions that help us determine whether these thoughts are positive or negative all right Lastly, this is what i want to do as we wrap up for tonight what are some steps to manage my mind now i'm just going to go through these really quickly uh and we'll get out of here number one you gotta recognize your tr- trigger. If I'm gonna manage my mind, I gotta recognize my triggers, and and I slash I slash say weaknesses. You gotta be aware of the areas that create weary fear and anxiety. Right? If you know if you got something from the doctor that says you're sick or whatever, you like man healing don't concern me. I, I'm fixed on that. You like you may like I ain't concerned about money. I'm fixed on that. The Lord will provide. But it may be something you might've had a poor relationship in your past, right? And somebody, uh, infidelity in a relationship. And you may be married now or or thinking about getting married because you were divorced before. And, And so now, um, that person is doing something that puts you in mind of the other person. So now you're beginning to have wary and fear. Or it may be money that's your issue. Anytime the last time the economy went south, you, you, you didn't know what you were going to do and you lost your house or you lost this or you lost that. So now when things look similar, you begin to have fear. You got to recognize those triggers and then you got to work now to keep guard against those things. Because you know that's what the enemy can use Against you, that's where you spend more of your time uh strengthening up. Like if I got huge biceps, then I may not need to keep working on my biceps. I may just need to work on my halves because that's the weak area. Because you got to understand that any place the enemy can find weakness, he is going to attack that area. So I gotta be aware of my triggers. Don't let your guard down. So I mean, so you got to know you're drawn away by the lust of your own heart. So you got to know like, mm, this is this, this to do it. And, and if you if you whatever do it, then when you see to do it, then you go the other direction. So if you know you you uh you get lactose intolerant and and, and there's an Andes on the corner and you love Andes and that's on your way to work, well, baby, guess what? You need to pick a new route. Like, know your triggers. Don't think more highly of yourself than you all. Don't, I mean, put up those barriers. Barriers and fences are healthy. That's okay to have. So recognize your tri- triggers, and that'll help you manage your mind. Number two, resist with the word. So when the enemy comes, talks to you, just like Jesus, in the, uh, after he had fasted, when the enemy talks to you, all you say back is the word. There's no conversation. You're going to be broke. No, I'm not. I'm the blessed and highly favor of the Lord. I'm blessed coming in. I'm blessed going out. He dies, so I, he dies so that my life may be abundant. He wishes above all things that I'll prosper and be in hell. So I resist with the word. That's how I'm going to manage my mind. Number three, I renew my mind by retraining my thoughts. I renew my mind by retraining my thoughts. That's Romans 12 and two. I renew my mind by retraining my thoughts. Prior proper planning prevents poor performance. Prior proper planning prevents poor performance. So I continually renew my mind. I continue to replay scripture over and over in my head. I consume the word in season and out of season. I meditate on it day and night. So I don't have to get ready if I stay ready. Right, I think that's shun. That's I hear shun. I hear a voice every time I hear that. You you don't have to get ready if you stay ready, right? So so I'm always in the word, not because I'm afraid, but because as a as a citizen, I know how I have to manage my mindset. And anytime I'm in war, or anytime our soldiers are 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 out, they somebody's always alert. Some of them may be playing, but some of them they're always alert. There's always a watchman out. And so you got to understand that you always got to be watching. Number four, in managing your mind, steps to managing your mind, you got to have relentless effort. It don't matter what shows up, I'm not quitting. It doesn't matter what show up, I'm remain steadfast. I'm going to remain unmovable. I'm going to always abound in the work of the Lord. Because this is what I know, that my labor is not in vain. My faith is not in vain. My believing is not in vain. My standing is not in vain. I think it's Gloria Copeland that says that if you're willing to stand forever, you won't have to stand for long. I have relentless effort effort. I don't cave in. I don't quit. I will stand forever on what God says, and when I choose it, I won't be standing for long. And then number five, you got to regulate. What am I regulating? Tame your team, tame your tongue, tame your heart, and tame your input. You got to tame your team, you got to tame your tongue, you got to tame your heart, and you got to tame your input. Watch what you allow go into your ear and eye gate. If you know that COVID bothers you, quit reading all the news about COVID. Quit reading all the news about flu shot. I mean, quit reading that if you're afraid you're going to get shot one day. Quit reading all the news about how many people get shot. It doesn't line up with where you're going. You remember the questions you need to ask yourself? Where would these thoughts lead me? If I'm afraid of being shot, and all I look at is news at 10 o'clock at night when Pastor Ralph got Bible study and they talking about how many people shot. And I'm always researching the deadliest cities in the U.S. Where do these thoughts lead me? You got to regulate your input so that you will be able to position yourself to receive from God. God. So in conclusion, managing our mindset is an important aspect of our spiritual and emotional well-being. It is essential that we take control of our thoughts and make them obedient to Christ. We must strive to be mindful of our thoughts and choose to focus on what is true, noble, right, pure, lovely, admirable, excellent, and praiseworthy. Hallelujah. It says, and we always got to remember that with God, what, all things are possible. You got to see yourself co to with Christ. You got to meditate on throne room realities, Right. Christ's death on the cross paid for the result of sin so that you don't have to. You don't got to pay for sin. You don't owe anybody anything. Christ has paid it all. Every sin you did commit, will commit, has already been paid for. So go after your inheritance that God has left you. But in order to receive it, you got to have the right mindset. All right. So choose today to manage your mind, to bring into alignment with the kingdom so you may learn of your inheritance and enjoy the goodness that God has planned for you. So that's the word for tonight, guys. Manage our mindsets. We're going to manage our mindsets. So over the next six months, we ain't concerned. My mindset is managed. Over, I'm going to hold on to the word. How am I going to hold on to the word? I'm going to manage my mindset. I'm going to take every thought captive and bring it into the uh, submission of Jesus Christ. I am going to rule this right? I'm going to rule it. I got people on my job I don't really care for. They may not care for me, but I'm going to be open to hear from God. I'm not going to respond to them in a negative way. Whatever your thing is, begin to know your weaknesses and know that so that you don't allow the enemy to play in the playground of your mind. Because when he does that, then he's always going to hurt hurt you in the long run, all right? Let's go through these announcements real quick. First things first, you guys do know that at we have 100% tithers, 100% tithers. So how do they tithe? How do they give, right? How do we do that? And we thank you for all that you do. I think Pastor Evan said uh, uh, one year, I think this past year, Uh, not this past year, because I know he's working on it, but uh, over uh, the pandemic, we gave over $250,000 in benevolence. That's because of you. And we're, we're not the biggest church out there, but we got churches twice, 10 times our size, not doing what we do for the kingdom. And because of you, we make that possible. So we appreciate you. We appreciate you hearing God and sowing to the ministry. We appreciate you hearing God and sowing into your communities. We appreciate you hearing God and finding individuals and in restaurants and gas stations to sow into them. And so we thank you for that. We thank you for the impact you make on the kingdom through your through the money that God has blessed you with. And understand, as you give to FOC through the uh, ways uh, on the screen, and as you give to people, know that God has refuses to do do without a quick prompts to giver who who heart is in their giving. He's he refuses to do without that. So God make me the man and I'm going to always be distributing your wealth in the earth. right So we thank you for that. All right. So that is your opportunity to give. You can go to the website and give. Reminder, your next opportunity to be with us is Friday for Champion Circle. All right. We'll be together Friday at 6 30 a.m. Then Sunday morning we'll be here with Pastor Chris. Uh on her page Christian Valley worships, and then we'll be followed by Pastor Sean and Pastor Edwin for Sunday celebration remember Sunday celebration starting the week of February the 6th will only be broadcast on the Fellowship of Champions page that many of you are viewing now and the Fellowship of Champions YouTube page on Mondays we will have strategies for success there will be no changes on Monday it will still be streamed from Pastor Sean's personal, Pastor Sean's professional, and Pastor Sean's YouTube page. On Tuesday nights, the first Tuesday night of the month, we will always have uh, relationships one-on-one. And that will be streamed from uh, Camp Strick's Facebook page, Edwin and Sean Strickland. Uh, And make sure you go like uh, the page. Go up there and sign. I think I saw on the day that we had 300 people uh, I already registered, attending and about 382 people interested. Go ahead and be number. Uh, make that number over 700 tonight. Go ahead and make take care of that. All right, and then on Wednesdays, on Wednesdays we have uh, Wednesday night prayer that will starting February the 6th. That will be broadcast only on the Facebook page, Fellowship of Champions Facebook page, and the Fellowship of Champions YouTube page. All right, and then followed by night at 7:15 that will continue being Zoom. If you need more information, you can access the Zoom link at focchurch.com. Um, All right. Also, victories on on demand. Y'all need to get y'all kids in this chill lesson. Man, I'm, I'm making mine marinate in it. They don't watch it a few times. It's about having the right attitude. It's about controlling your emotions. It's about harrowing situations that are not positive. Honestly, I, I like... I like listening to them because I mean, even as an adult, I get something out of them. But don't forget about your babies because the better foundation you establish for them now, the better they'll be as younger, as as teens, young adults and adults. All right. So make sure you get them plugged in and then uh, we'll be back here next Wednesday um, uh, for Refresh Bible Study. All right. So don't forget about the huddle. All right, the huddle will be February the 5th in Fayetteville at a Northwest North Arkansas location at 11 a.m. Pastor Edwin has asked all of us to be in attendance. So that means uh, that you fix your mindset. <laughs> that means that you go ahead and make a way to get there, you know? Of course, there may be some that can't be there, but I don't automatically dismiss it because it's inconvenient. Because you don't you don't want God to dismiss what you want. So, I mean, I don't dismiss a word because it's it's just, it's, it's inconvenient because you need to grow up. So we look to have a house full uh, on on February 5th. Then we make sure uh, we sing happy birthday to Pastor John because our birthday will be the next day. All right. That's all the announcements tonight. I appreciate you guys. I love you. Thank you for worshiping with us tonight uh, at Fellowship of Champions. Uh, if you are not, if you don't have a church home already, I encourage you to make FOC your church home. I mean, we're an awesome ministry. We we specialize and teach people how to win in life. All right? We do that by teaching them to walk in love, live by faith, and experience God's prosperity in every area of your life. That's what we're committed to. And if you want to be a part of that, run on over to focchurch.com, sign up for... Become a partner, and let us know that we, we we go together. Let us know that we family because as part of the family, we're praying for you the intercessory prayer team, they're praying for you. you're covered in prayer. Uh, and as a partner, also you find your place where that's if you're a man, here's a plug, if you're a man and you you're willing to teach our team boys, we're we're looking for volunteers for that. Holler at St. Teresa, holler at me, right? Find your place in the ministry, get plugged in and find out how you're going to serve. But you get connected first. That way you can, and if you, if you don't get the emails that's being sent out, I think it's on Tuesdays, about the recap from the message and things like that. If you say, I don't get those emails, then go to focchurch.com and fill out the partnership form to make sure that you are a partner. Because we don't say we go together until you tell us what we do. All right. And so you can come here a hundred times and I can know your first name and hug you at, at, at church when you come on the huddle. But if you ain't filled out that partnership form, then we don't know your partner and you need to get that done. All right. So th- that's everything. Y'all be blessed. Y'all have an amazing night. If you don't know Jesus, your Lord and personal Savior, just say this with me. Lord, I accept you into my life. I thank you that you have saved me. I thank you that my eternity will be with you in heaven. I've asked now that you your Holy Spirit will come into my life and dwell in my heart so that I may live the life and live out the plan that you have for me in Jesus name, amen. and if you said that prayer, go online and let us know. Become a partner. Send me a message. Send somebody a message. Let us know so that we can make sure that you have a a, a church home and that you can get the word so that you can grow and mature in the things of God. Be blessed. Have an amazing night. Love you.